0: Welcome to the Revival Center podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. You can come, come on out, uh, and help us out. All right, Psalms 105, uh, starting at verse number 16, let's read tonight and we'll, we'll preach this word. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph. Say, Joseph. Joseph, I want you to know who we're preaching about tonight. You say, why are you talking about Joseph over, in Psalms, over here in Psalms 105? I'm going to show you. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, look what it says, the word of the Lord tested him. So whenever I read that, I am captivated. By that sentence, the word of the Lord tested him because I've read Genesis. I know what the story of Joseph is. I know about his brothers, and we're going to preach it here in a second. I know about his brothers throwing him into the pit. I know about uh, them selling him to the Ishmaelites, and then Ishmael giving him to Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife lying on him and throwing him into prison. And then the uh, baker and, uh, and his friend forgetting about him and staying in prison a little bit longer, and then he finally comes to the second in command. About twelve years of just pure, you know what? Listen now, but the Bible says in Psalms 105 that it wasn't his brothers, it wasn't Potiphar and, the, and his wife, it wasn't the baker, it wasn't the, it was none of that. It says the word of the Lord tested him. Are y'all ready for tonight? Oh, my, we're going to have fun tonight. Hey, look at your neighbor and say, you're about to get smarter. Tell them. (laughs) You're about to get smarter tonight, baby. Here we go. Give God time is the subject. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I pray, God, open up our hearts. May we receive this revelation tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, give God time. I love Sunday mornings, but I also love Wednesday nights. You understand what I mean by that? So let me encourage you tonight not to allow our culture and our society to talk you out of Wednesday night Bible study. Somebody say amen right there. Don't let them talk you out of Wednesday night Bible study. Never consider it a light thing to preach or study God's Word because God chose what we're doing right now on a Wednesday night. God chose this medium right here uh, for the, the foolishness of God's preaching for the saving of of lost men's soul this is how you do it all right so let me get let me start right here in verse number 19. My subject is give God time. So here, here's here's my basis for it. What happens between when God says something and then when God does something? What happens from the time God says it to the time it actually happens? Okay? That's what we're going to be working tonight. There is a process between when God makes a promise to his people and and to when God fulfills the promise for that person. And the... Where we struggle in that, where we fail, if we fail in this process, we fail with the issue of timing. That's where we fail. We say it should already have happened by now. We give up on the promise because it's been so long. We fail in the issue of timing. Because it was never an issue of what God said coming to pass. That's not the issue. It is that there is a process between when God says something and when that something comes to pass. And you must give God time to work this thing out. And so our text in Psalms is referencing Joseph's life. His dream that was a part of his life in the prophecy that was connected to his life. And whenever it comes to prophecy, when it comes to prophetic words in First Corinthians 12 verse 10, when it comes to words of knowledge, when it comes to, to these speaking gifts that God may speak a word to you through a prophet or through a prophecy it is what the prophet or it is what the prophecy does not say that you need to be concerned about. Oh my goodness, watch now because most of the time when the prophetic word or the word of knowledge or the spiritual gift comes your way it's usually about what it's usually about the good things right it's about God is going to do this or God is going to do that and and we get happy about that part but what we need to be concerned about is what it does not say because a lot a lot of times God will give you the future fulfillment of the word and then you got to walk that thing out let me give you a real quick example um Moses told the people of the children of Israel God is going to give you a land flowing with what come on do you know it Milk and honey. Who wants to sign up for that journey? You're going to have milk and honey just flowing right to you. Come on, you're going to have vineyards you didn't uh, plant. You're going to have houses you didn't build. Who does not want to jump in on that? Sign me up. But what it does not say is you're fixing to have to go through a Red Sea. uh, Pharaohs will chase you down. You're going to be thirsting to death. And water's going to have to come from a rock. You're going to have to eat manna for 40 years. Come on. You understand. It doesn't have all that. You know. All it talks about is the land flowing with milk and honey. But no mention of those other issues. You see. The end picture is meant to ensure that we stay faithful all the way to the end. So when you get a word from God. Be prepared prepared for all of Gehenna, Sheol, Hades, what we call hell to break loose in your life when you get a word from God. This is what Psalms 105 is teaching us about Joseph. That between the time God spoke something and the word of the Lord being fulfilled, he had to go through some things. And the Bible says in verse number 19 that it was the word of the Lord that tried him. When we get over here in Genesis in a second, I want you to Remember that, and filter all this stuff we're about to talk about through that uh, through the lens of that verse. That it was not the devil, it was not his enemies, it was the word of the Lord that tried him. So I submit to you tonight that sometimes the things we are going through is a result of God's word over our life, and this is good news. Watch now. It was good news. God said, have you considered my servant Job? Look, it's like this right here. Um, Don't pick him. This is God uh, talking to the devil. Don't pick her, not her. Um, You. Son, God picks you as Job to go through that. Now, am I supposed to say, praise the Lord for that? Or am I supposed to say, God, you picked the wrong one? Come on, somebody, help me in here. You understand? You understand? And so so God picked uh, Joseph. God said, I trust you with this level of pain because the blessing, the revelation on the other side of this cross cannot be taken lightly. It takes a particular kind of person to carry this kind of cross. Within the context of our lives, it is sometimes difficult for us to add worth to our own self because we are unable to see ourselves the way God sees us. Therefore God has to give us a word and then begin to work that process out because it, it helps things become clearer in our life. The word of God is released into our life and, and it increases our own value. Not all Always just for the fulfillment of the word, but to open the door to the journey. Uh, Let me show you what I mean. The word over Joseph's life could not be fulfilled where he was at. He had to be moved from where he was at to a different location for it to become a reality. He had to move somewhere in order to become the second in command of Pharaoh. Once he gets there, then the word is fulfilled. But he has to go through a lot of stuff before he gets there. And when you see Joseph's life played out over the long haul, the only explanation for it is that God did it. Watch now. Therefore, don't glorify Joseph whenever he is setting at the second hand command of Pharaoh, you have to glorify God with it. Are you hearing me? Let me give you an example through the process of time give God time. Let me give you this example if you go out and you buy a piece of furniture, let's say you buy a $200 chair, okay, just say you pay $200 for this chair you keep it for four years and you say you know what, I don't like this chair no more I'm going to sell it. You might could get $50 for it, right? It goes down in value. However, if you keep the same chair for 100 years, pass it down a generation, what has decreased in value now increases in value. Come on, talk to me in here. Am I right about it? So the chair does not have to become a table. The chair doesn't have to become a footstool. All it has to do is remain what it was originally called to be, and the test of time increases its value. I don't know if you're catching that. Alright, so now, so in other words, there is a faithfulness that is involved whenever God gives you a word. You have to be faithful to that word. Faithfulness is a rare virtue today. John 15 verse 7. We have to be faithful to God's word. So when God speaks something to us, so when we read something in the gospels, we have to abide in me. My words abide in you. We have to be faithful to those things. We have to be faithful to God's will in our life. As Acts chapter 20 verse 24 notice what Paul says but none of these things move me what is he talking about all of the problems that this man has went through right here none of these things move me nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel the grace of God this man was being faithful to God's will Paul in essence was saying in this verse that faithfulness to my is far more important to me whether I live or not live that my friend is faithfulness so you got to be faithful to the Lord you got to be faithful to your calling into your faith hear me tonight you can't outlive the truth but you can outlive a lie Mm -hmm. I'm talking about faithfulness all right you cannot outlive the truth but you can outlive a lie that's the reason you can't fall out okay you can't fall out when somebody lies on you you just have to keep living the truth all right now okay Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 I'm I'm still in my introduction so you know just hang out with me tonight this is bible study bible study notice what it says and I also say to you that you are Peter upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not Prevail against it. Next slide. Prevail. The definition is to gain victory through strength. In other words, as hell attacks, the church will remain. Listen. As hell tries to gain strength through, uh, try to gain victory through strength, the church will last and the church cannot be destroyed. And those that are saved, those that are called to participate in the church will remain victorious with the church. We have eternal eternity we have eternal life you have to let God work some things out the world the flesh sin only has a short period of time for it to be in existence therefore from a spiritual viewpoint time is not an issue for us it's an issue for them are you tracking with me so now let's begin our journey and watch how this thing has played out in Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 37 verse number 3 if you got your Bible you want to flip over there I'm going to stay right here for a while because I want to show you how the word of the Lord tested Joseph. I'm just going to kind of get us started right here. Genesis chapter 37 verse 3. Joseph was a favored son of Jacob. Uh, Next verse. Verse number 4. His brothers hated him. Come on somebody if you know the story. All right. His brothers hated him. He had a coat of many colors, and this man had a dream on his life. Look at verse number 5. He had a dream. He told the dream to his brothers, and they hated him even more for it. And then look at verse number 7. And uh, so here, here it comes. Then behold, uh, someone stood upright, and indeed, you're, okay, so this is where he's explaining the vision, he's explaining the dream, he's basically saying, what I saw in my dream uh, was all my brothers bowing down to me, come on, they already didn't like him, having, you know, that just kind of puts salt in a wound, Mm mm-hmm, all right, okay, all right, so here we go, he gives the vision, he gives the dream, this is what God said, they didn't like him, so here we go, the word of the Lord, that's the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord Tried him. Here we go. Genesis 37 verse 23. His first coat, I'm going to show you he had three coats. The first coat was stripped from him. The first coat his daddy gave him. Coat of many colors, stripped from him. And and here's the thing. What we have an issue with is if God has spoken a word to me and then all of a sudden we're stripped from where we're at, we begin to have questions. God, if you're with me, then why are you breaking me right now? That's the issue. God, if you gave me this word, why am I being thrown now into a pit? Verse 24, 37, 24. If if God, if this is your prophetic word over my life, I thought this was supposed to happen help me. I thought I'm supposed to advance and, and gain. I thought if I come to the altar and get saved, then everything was going to be all right. But right now, I just got stripped from where I was at, and I just got thrown into a pit. You can't see it right now, Joseph. But listen to me, Joseph. Joseph, you're being released to increase. You can't see it. You don't want to hear it right now. But it's like this right here. You're at a job. You get fired from that job, but then later, a better door opens that advances you. When you got fired it was hard when you got fired you didn't know what was going to happen when you got fired and stripped from one level you didn't know it at the time but the word was working on your life that prophetic word and you just didn't see that next big door opening for you are you tracking with what i'm saying well what about this you're dating somebody and then you have a breakup come on somebody and then mr Wright walks into your life y'all can't get with that either come, i got one amen praise the lord that was a good amen for everybody in the house right there. All right. See, here's the thing. You, you were sad. You were depressed. You didn't think the songs will come up. Man, y'all had been dated or married or whatever the case is. That thing ended, and you say, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've lost my taste. I lost my smell. Come on, somebody. You were heartbroken, but that was, you were stripped from one place so that you could be prepared to enter your next season. Come on, are you with me? So you're released to move into your next level. Now, Genesis 37 verse 26, I'm not going to hit this point very quick, uh, very, very long, but I just want you to notice something. Judah said, don't kill him, let's sell him. Do y'all know what the word Judah means in the Hebrew? Y'all know what it means? It means praise. I find it so interesting in, in the Bible that it was Judah who spoke up. It was Judah who spoke up, not Benjamin, Judah. In other words, praise said, don't kill him. Praise said, save his life. Praise said, change the direction. How many of you know you can walk into some hellacious events, you can feel like you're in the pit, but if you can praise your God, things begin to change with a praise. I'm not going to stay on that point very long. But I could if I wanted to. Let me keep going. Genesis thirty-seven 27. I'm preaching all of Joseph tonight. All right? So I got 20 more minutes. And Watch. So here it is. Now he is sold to the Ishmaelites. Now why is that captivating? Do y'all know who Ishmael is? Do you know where Ishmael comes from? All right? Ishmael comes from that thing that uh, Abraham had with Hagar. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know that story? That's a soap opera if there's ever been one. I don't got time, but Genesis 25 verse 12, just so that you know I'm in the Bible. So, uh, the, you know, the, the promise was for Abraham to be the father of many nations. Uh, him and Sarah couldn't have babies. And so Sarah was like, I got a great idea. Why don't you go sleep with my, uh, my maidservant over here? And, uh, and Abraham said, okay. And so they, <laughs> they did, and it produced Ishmael. And then Ishmael gets old and starts making fun of Isaac. Eventually, Isaac is born through Sarah. And Sarah said, you got to get this woman and her child out my house. Y'all remember the story? All right. That's Ishmael. All right. So so look at it. All these years later, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Jacob's sons throw Joseph in the pit. And they sell him to their cousins, Ishmael oh my word you can't make this stuff up so so from Abraham and Hagar their disobedience their disobedience created Ishmael they are the results of Abraham's disobedience with Hagar God can take your mistakes from yesterday and use it to deliver you into your future Ooh! you better hear me tonight that was a mistake friend that was a mistake. It shouldn't have happened. But God said you know what I'm going to use to deliver the promise up out the pit? Your past. Oh I'm going to use the thing that you are. You try to get out of your house. I'm going to use the thing you were ashamed of and I'm going to use that very thing to deliver you to your next future. Woo! Only God can do that y'all. You, know, you want to know why I love God? Because of stuff like that right there. God can take yesterday's pain and use it for tomorrow's joy. God will take all of your Ishmael's and your past to deliver your Joseph right where it's supposed to be. Somebody say amen right there. Woo. Genesis 37, 24. So I want you to note, uh, note the pit. The pit Joseph was thrown into was not in the original dream. Okay? Right, you got to hear me. The pit that Joseph was thrown into was not in the original dream. Now, you would think that the pit was some important information to be told. You would think you're going to have all your brothers are going to bow down to you. But before they bow down to you. Your tail is going to a pit. come on that you would think that is some pertinent information to have in this prophetic word. If God was going to tell me anything, please tell me about the pit. You would think it 's a need to know kind of thing, but why not because of the process? Because of the process. You've got to understand how this thing works. Genesis 37 verse 36. He's delivered to Potiphar here. Uh, Genesis 39 verse number 4. He begins to serve Potiphar. Watch now. He begins to serve Potiphar. Uh, and God favors him. Great things begin to happen. Look down at verse number 6. He did such a great job serving this man. That this man put him in charge of everything else. What am I trying to say? Teaching point. Luke 16 verse number 10. Being faithful over a few things. There was such character and integrity in Joseph's life that this man, even though he was done wrong, still served this this man's house with distinction. Are you hearing me? Before God blesses you with your own, he watches to see how you serve somebody else. Can you handle it tonight? How you watch over things that don't belong to you. Oh, my goodness. An example, 1 Samuel 17, verse 34. Notice that before David was ever advanced to be king, before he was ever advanced to look over a whole nation of people, the first thing he had to do was watch over some sheep that didn't belong to him, but it belonged to his daddy. And I don't mean just watch over them. I don't mean just watch over him. This man watched over him with his life because the lion came, the bear came, and David didn't run off. David said, "You are before you get to these sheep, you got to get." Through me. It wasn't even his sheep. It was his daddy's sheep. His daddy would have understand if a lion came and ripped off, you know, one of them little sheep. They would understand that. But David said, I'm going to stand right here. I'm going to fight that bear. I'm going to fight that lion. But serving, listen, serving because it's right. That's it. That you serve because it's right. Are you Are you tracking with me? Second Kings chapter three, verse number eleven. Before Elisha received the double portion and had all the miracles and everything that we talk about, look at the big clause of that verse right there. He was known as the man who poured water on Elijah's hand. He was known as the man who served Elijah faithfully are you are you tracking with me leadership begins in servanthood John 13 verse number 5 before Jesus died on the cross he took up a towel he, he and he got down on his knees and he poured water on the feet of his disciples and he washed his disciples feet in other words humility God does not make leaders he makes servants who grow into leaders because you you become what you serve into are you tracking with me tonight all right let me keep going Genesis 39 Verse number twelve. So, the, so Joseph is serving; he's doing a great job. And then all of a sudden, Potiphar's wife begins to lust after Joseph. Now, by the time we get to this place in the scripture. Potiphar has already given him his second coat. Watch now. He was the second. He he was in charge of everything in Potiphar's house. And the way of that distinction is his garments. He was wearing something that denoted that this man is different. This man is not a servant. This man is in charge of folks. Watch what happens. Watch. He is now stripped of the second coat. Aha. Uh-huh. The second coat is snatched. Now note, even though living with Potiphar was better than living in the pit, it was still not where God had promised for him to be. <sighs> when the word of the Lord came, his father's coat was stripped from him. He was thrown into a pit. Advanced. Watch now. He's in Potiphar's house. He's serving with distinction. The coat is ripped for him again. Now he's thrown into prison. It's happening again. Watch. Hear me by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have lived in the pit for so long. And when we get a little bit of a breakthrough, we tend to settle for less than what God uh, uh, originally has for us. And God says, No, I am not finished with you just yet. And the coat is now stripped away from you. Are you listening to what I'm saying. And that stripping creates humility so that the glory of God can be revealed in your life. Psalms 51 verse number 17 says this. It is about a broken and a contrite spirit. This is what the Lord will not despise. Sometimes when you face these difficult challenges and you say, why me? When, Lord? Why am I having to go through this? It's not because you backslidden. It's not because you're not praying. It's because you have a promise over your life. Joseph did not sin against Potiphar's wife but God needed him beside Pharaoh so he had to be stripped from that season and that level so that he could get ready to advance to the next level. What kept Joseph strong then through all the stripping through all the pain it was the word of God over his life. Listen to me the promise of God keeps you alive. David lived through Saul's arrows 1 Samuel 18 verse number 11 Saul was throwing spears at him. He lived through that season because there was a word over his life that said, You will be king. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In Acts 27 verse 31, Paul lived through that shipwreck. And he told all them other folks, Y'all do not abandon ship. You want to live? Stay with me. Why? Because he had a word from the Lord over his life. He told him, He said, Listen, an angel came and told me, I'm supposed to stand before uh, the the Roman uh, emperor. And so I know I'm going to survive this ship because I have a destiny with the Roman emperor. If you guys want to live... Don't jump ship. Come on, somebody. I have somewhere to be because he was going to survive because of the promise on his life. Numbers 23, verse number 8. They hired this false prophet, Baal. Hey, Baal, go and curse Israel. Go curse them for us, man, because they're too big. So they try to pay him. He goes out there to try to curse them. And guess what happens? He says, I try to curse them, but every time I curse them, a blessing comes out. That ain't, that's not what we're paying you for. But you can't curse what God has blessed. Somebody say amen right there. Are you hearing me tonight? The promise of God over your life will sustain you. Do you realize you are a word found within the word? Come on. Oh, did you hear what I just said? You are a word found within the word. Hmm. Ephesians 1, four. Watch. Just hang out with me for a second. Are you all having fun yet? All right. Just as he chose us in who? Him. The Word, Jesus, we were in Him, chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So we were chosen in Him. Let me take it a step further. Ecclesiastes twelve seven. Notice where the Bible says our spirit comes from. Where does it come from? There it is right there. It, no, it, next one, Ecclesiastes. Do I have it up there? Okay, pray. I thought y'all fell out in the spirit up there. It, I know it's a little warm in here. You might want to check it. Then the dust will turn to the earth as it was and the spirit will return to God. Who gave it? Oh, you need another one. Let me show you another one. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 3. Notice what this one says. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink. Look now, you are a word within the word. But by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of your heart. Now, why am I telling you that? Because if you believe, in which I do, that I have a word over my life within the word, Jesus, uh in him I live and move and have my being, then now Isaiah 55 verse number 11 kicks in and I claim it for my life tonight. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Oh, my goodness. In other words, I will not return to my God void. I will accomplish and prosper in everything God sent me out to do by faith. Somebody say "Man!" right there. Hmm. Genesis 39 verse 20. I hope you can hang with me tonight. I know I'm going fast. All right, now watch what happens right here. He's thrown into prison again, okay? All right, and so now... Notice all these problems he's having. Within the context of Psalms 105, 19. It is the word of the Lord testing him. Trying him. Who is Joseph supposed to be mad at right now? Woo! Think about that. Who is he supposed to get upset at right now? I've been in the pit. I've been in prison. Folks lying on me. Folks cheating on me. Listen, who is he supposed to be mad at when it's the word of the Lord trying him? Mm. Especially whenever it's God, it's God's purpose in your life. And let me. Can I just chase another rabbit? They're hopping all over tonight. All right. Are y'all listen? When I read stuff like this, it messes with me, y'all. It messes with me. And so I have to start looking at it like this. Whenever I study God's word, I sometimes sense that God is like trying to prove a point. This kind of point. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. That there are some things that he says, I'm just not going to let it destroy my people. All right. So the three Hebrew children are thrown into the fire. I feel like sometimes God throws them into the fire so that he can show the fire that there are some people that you cannot burn. Oh my goodness. Hello, Flood. Hello, Noah. There are some people, water, that you are not allowed to drown. Joseph in prison. There are some people, prison, cell, you cannot keep. Daniel in the lion's den, den, teaching some lions that there are some people you are not allowed to devour. Listen, you in here and you watching my live stream, you have been an example to the lost world. Listen to me, that God is real. Woo! You are an example that God is real. You are an example that there are some folks that drugs are not going to destroy your life. You better hear me. Mm. There are some folks that is in here tonight that the Lord said, you coming from a jacked up home, divorced home, all messed up home, there's some folks that that stuff isn't going to be allowed to devour you. Come on, that thing is going to be cut right here in Jesus' name. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at, you You ought to be able to say, look at my life, God still delivers. You ought to say, look at my life, God still heals. Look at my life, God still saves. Look at my life, God still blesses because you are a testimony of God's greatness. All right. Genesis 40 verse 5. So here it is. He interprets another man's dream. Listen to me. He is fulfilling other people's dreams before his own. Do you realize how strong that is? That you haven't gotten yours yet. Oh my goodness. You haven't had your breakthrough yet. You haven't had your big moment yet in the sun. But you're still helping others achieve what you want. Can y'all handle that tonight? Or is that just way too much for you? Maybe you watch it by live stream. Look at verse 41, uh, chapter 41 verse 1. So here it comes. Pharaoh dreams the dream. Joseph begins to interpret. This is, We're starting to get to the end right here. And so all this time from where we started to here, it has been an issue of timing. But with God, he has no issue with time because he's not bound by time. He is eternal. He lives outside of time. God created the idea and the existence of time. So let me help you right here. Prophecy is not God telling you what will happen, but what has already happened. You just have not gotten there yet. Okay. Does that make sense? That is what the prophetic word is. For God, it has already happened. He is just waiting on you to get to that place. Yeah. Praise team. Y'all can go ahead and make your way up as I begin to try to close. So Pharaoh shares the dream. Notice what uh, Joseph says, and this is it. Genesis 41, verse number 15. Look what he says. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and, here, uh, and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said of you that you can understand a dream to interpret it. Watch now. I have heard that you have a gift. I have heard that you're special. I have heard that you are the man. Look how he responds in verse number 16. So uh, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. Do you see that? God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. That right there was the process. Oh, my goodness. It was, the, it was the moment of humility. He had a moment to say, that's right, I am the man. I got it. You, I got it. I can do it. I've been doing it my whole life. How do you think I got in prison? Come on, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man. I'm, no, sir. You remember, you remember what I wrote, read to you a while ago? With David, broken, contrite heart. He had went through some stuff to get to that place. Uh-huh. Are you, are you seeing the revelation? He said, it is not in me. Do you know why he said that? Because of the process that I just gave you. Do you know why he said that? Because the word of the Lord had tried him. You see, the reason he said it's not in me, because his brothers had stripped him. The reason he said it's not in me is because of the pit. It's because of Potiphar's wife. It's because of uh, the prison. It produced a humility inside of him that said, Friend, I can't do what you're asking because it's not in me. Only God can do this thing that you're asking. If the fulfillment of the prophecy would have happened when first given, it would have produced pride. Pride. Are you listening to me? The process produced this Joseph standing before this Pharaoh declaring that I have not done anything. Only God has done this thing that you're seeking. Empty of yourself. It's not about me. I am not owed anything. Are you hearing me? I am not owed anything because it ain't about me. It ain't. It's only about God. In the New Testament, Jesus says it like this. Matthew 18, verse number 1. So the disciples were like, hey, who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It can't be Peter. Peter cusses way too much to be your right-hand man. It has to be me, John. I'm the loving disciple. Come on. All right. They're fussing about who's the greatest. And I don't have time to go through all of it, but look at verse 4. Jesus said, Man, I tell you what, you guys, you know, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see that? That's the same message that Joseph just said. What God wants to do in your life is not for you. It is for others. Now, I'm, I'm, I mean, this is about as good as it will get right there, y'all. We pursue God's will from a very selfish standpoint at times, thinking, let me serve God so that I can get the blessing. Let me serve God so that I can reach a place in my life that I don't have to worry no more. It's not about that. You hear me? What God wants to do in your life is not for you, it's for others. Genesis 41 verse 42. So here it is. Then Pharaoh took the ring, put it on his hand. Here it is. Here's the third coat. And Joseph, uh, and, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put a gold chain around his neck. There it is. Now Pharaoh gives Joseph the coat, the fulfillment of the prophecy, the last coat that ain't nobody going to take off of him this time. Now there are no other coats. He has moved into the the fullness of the prophecy. We're down at Genesis 50 verse 18. And now the brothers come and they bow down to Joseph. I'm done right here. Go to the next slide. The brothers could take his coat, but they could not take his dream and his prophecy. I don't care what you're walking through. I don't care what folks are doing to you. I don't care what this world does to us. They can take our coat, but they can never take the word that is governing over our lives. Somebody say amen right there and put your hands together. Amen. We hope you have enjoyed today's message. For more information about the Revival Center, visit us on the web at Revival Center, AG,